What's up, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of Dear Society. I am your host, Mr. Ardenoise, and I am back with my wife. <laughs> That's Miss Sweet Coco Loco, my beautiful co-host. She's back from the beautiful island of St. Martin. Um, how you doing, baby? I'm doing great. I'm happy to be back. <laughs> Sorry, I'm laughing. Because of a conversation we just had two seconds ago about fake voices. <laughs> um, welcome back. How have you been? How are you? Um, <laughs> I'm good. I am nice and suntanned. Mm. Um, I feel refreshed. Like it was a great vacation. Um, didn't want to come back to work, you know. True. Yeah. I mean, everybody talks about, oh, coming off a vacation and it's like, oh, you're back to reality. But like being home for me is is my reality. Like, so it's just back to a different reality. That's all. Right. 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 Um, I feel you. I feel you. So did you miss me? (laughs) I did. I did. I had a very lonely week without you. Oh. Yeah. What'd you do? Nothing. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, well, everybody, they pre- I'm not going to re-repeat, repeat it, but um, it's in the last episode, like, basically what I did. Um, you know, chilled around the house, lift a little bit, try to make some money, half-ass hustling. Um, <laughs> uh, watched a couple movies, went to the movies, you know. Oh, yeah, I forgot about mm. that. You should have left that out because I totally forgot you went to the movies without me. Uh, well, just go by yourself and just chill and that was it. Yeah. And it's cool to go to the movies by yourself. It's, it's not a big deal for me. So. Yeah, you're a dork. So, um, <laughs> anyways. I love you, though. I love you, too. Um, let's see. This episode ain't going to be too long. Um, this is kind of just a little intro before we throw in your mother-daughter talk. Um, you know, mm-hmm. just let the fans know we're back together. And we're going to be dropping another episode like next we week. Oh, I ain't shut up. Ain't nobody said it. <laughs> we just did our own um, episodes. Um, little forewarning. Uh, the setting of your episode is going to be a little different. Yeah, my, so, so... Go ahead and explain like, what's going on in the, the background. The day that that we recorded just so happened to be what they call shell share fat um it was initially supposed to be um it's a it's a holiday that we celebrate i don't know how to explain it um but it's basically a day of festivities uh within uh my neighborhood of grand cause and so on this particular day me and my mom decided to record they were doing sound check down the road and so you can hear the music in the background from that a little bit a little bit but you the, can also hear like the airplanes landing yeah, that's the main thing you're going to hear in the background is like a plane going over <laughs> yeah i live i live like right around the like the airport is right in the back of my house you could say literally your backyard yes yeah. so like walking that's distance. what you hear you hear a little bit of the music um my uncle kind of walked in made a little debut towards the end but yeah. you know um hey what you doing <laughs> <laughs> but um 
who you talking to but it's <laughs> but it's fine though like it it was a really great conversation with my mom there were mm-hmm. some things that i didn't know that now i do know um we're gonna um yeah your, your conversation with your mom was a little short so definitely when she comes back up you guys need to you know really hash that one out a little longer I think. I think it'll probably be, you know, a different... Maybe a different chapter of your life. A different chapter. um, A different chapter, Mm -hmm. for sure. Um, But, yeah, we were trying to to get it all in because, I don't know, like I was telling you, Mm -hmm. the way, you know, our housing, our living situation was, it wasn't ideal um, for us to record in a quiet place place um so at that particular time i just kind of took the chance to just try to get what you try to get what i could because any other day it was just we were up and down going and people were in the room and we really didn't have um time to really get a chance to get back at it and re-record so that's cool that's cool i mean from what you guys are about to hear it's a really good episode um it's really informative of, you know, little background stories of Sweet Coco. And um, I, I know that there's so much more into that story. Um, I know firsthand that there's so much more into that story that you can't really fit into a 30-minute episode or less. Mm-hmm. Like, you gotta, you guys will probably be talking a long time. Same with me and my mom. There's so many things that we could just talk about, about, you know, our childhoods. Both, and I think it would be... I think it'd be really great for us to like do like when our moms are both here, like mm. for us to do like a four oh, yeah. person. By that episode. time, by by that time, um, I'll have the mic that I want. The so no, nah, I'm probably just one. It's a um, it's a 360 recording mic that I'm trying to get. Oh, okay. Yeah. So by that time, like we'll be straight. Um, we can definitely do that for a future show. That'd be cool. And I'll be working on some some things tomorrow uh, for Dear Society. Probably get back at, probably get back to some of the um, the Perry. Yeah, make some merch. I'm I'm I'm, part, I'm about ready to buy something right now yeah, for me myself. Too. <laughs> uh, we had it up. We ain't really been like pushing it, but um, I mean other things have been going on that we'll share with you guys later on, but. Um, yeah, yeah, I think maybe maybe before maybe on our on our, on our anniversary, mm-hmm. we'll do. We should do like a morning. Um, on the tenth. Mm-hmm. Okay. You know, just about how we how we feel about everything. You know, it's just. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Open up, let it maybe, out. Maybe, yeah, and maybe discuss like how I'm feeling today on yeah. that episode. Okay, we'll do that because yeah. I was like, should I say about it now? Or? Yeah, you can you can talk about it a little bit now, but basically, uh, this week, uh, it's a it's a little touchy for us because we were actually supposed to be back in St. Martin for our actual uh wedding, wedding ceremony. ceremony, and due to Hurricane Irma, that bitch. Um, she fucking ruined it. <laughs> you mad? <laughs> well, I me, mean, yeah, we're mad. <laughs> but yeah, we'll we'll get into detail. Um, it's been kind of a blah day for me at least. Um, cause you know I'm not even supposed to be in this country right now. I'm at I was at work today. Like, what the fuck? I should be catching a flight. I don't know. I was hulking it today. 
you was different and then you just came from home so <laughs> yeah i just came from home like i was just so it, telling it, him like you you kind of processed it a little different than than i could have mm-hmm. like it would have been good for you to go of yeah. course due to our our circumstances you know mm-hmm. but i think it would have been i think it would have probably i probably would have been all right if i went yeah last because you probably would have saw everything and been like you know what like yeah. i gotta i gotta just let it go but you know everything happens yeah. how it happens and you're entitled to have your feelings absolutely and um definitely we'll, we'll get into that next yeah. time though on the 10th um 10 17 is our bang bang our uh, little jump jump so but yeah um that was just a little snippet. You know, we're back, guys. We will be dropping, a, you know, another full-length episode next week. But until then, um, we will check you guys later. And we hope that you enjoy uh, Mother-Daughter Talk. So, here it is. Hi, everyone, and welcome back to Dear Society. I'm your host, Miss Sweet Coco Loco, and I'm here with my mama. Say hi, mom. Hi. So I just kind of wanted to have an open conversation with my mom about how um, it was before she was a mom. And I want to know what she would have done different as a mom. Um, you know, what was her way of raising me, what worked and what didn't work, um, and a whole bunch of other stuff, how it is now, um, you know, as an adult, um, and being my mom. (laughs) Okay, so what was your life like before you had me? She's thinking, guys. <laughs> My life before you. Dun, dun, dun. Sorry. You have to speak up. My life before you was. I don't know what to say it was. I was born in St. Martin, left it. All I know I wanted to do before you was travel, 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 travel. That's mm-hmm. all I wanted to do. That's all you wanted to do. That's all I wanted to do. How did you meet my dad? Your dad and I met when I was 11 years old, living in St. Croix. And he happened to come into the same apartment complex that we were living in. They lived it's like two buildings facing each other and we were in... The one building and they were in the top floor of one and they were in the top floor of the next building. And boy, did he used to annoy my soul. What did he used to call you? I can't remember back then what he used to call me. But I knew as... What was the Artina thing? The Artina thing came after we were married. Okay. But your dad and I met when we were in grade school in in yes in grade school and I couldn't stand him 
he always had on shooting the pants and I thought he was like everybody teased him and I was like oh my god oh my god oh my god no I can't be seen with him because I'd be teased as well but we grew to be really good friends and when we left St. Croix to go to mainland US we kept in touch for a little while everyone was missing everyone we kept in touch and as life went on we lost touch we came back to St. Croix in 81 and he was here and we caught up but at that time daddy wasn't in the picture it was somebody else oh I'd fallen for somebody else And that was that. And that was that. <laughs> and then, so so, how did he propose? So, before that, he went off to college and everything. And when he finished college, he got in contact with me through his dad. He wanted to find me wherever I was. He wanted to find me. So, we got in contact with each other. And we were talking long distance for a very long time. And... When he moved to Atlanta, we started seeing each other. We started commuting to see each other. Mm-hmm. And um, on one of those trips is when he proposed in Atlanta. After that, were we you were excited? supposed to get married. We were supposed to get married. And then something happened. I'm not going to discuss. Something happened and the marriage was called off. Yes. I didn't know this. Yes, it was called off. I had my invitations in hand and everything. And when I had heard what I heard, I immediately postponed the wedding and I decided I was moving to Atlanta. So we can be in the same place and, you know. Live together. Not live together, just live in the same place, in the same city. city. Um, so we can see what was going on with each other. Mm-hmm. So we got closer and closer and things got better. And we said we put the wedding back on and getting married. Now the wedding day now was my confusion. I had doubts. Mm-hmm. And I arrived at the, at the church a whole hour late. You was about to be... A runaway bride? He was, yeah. I was about to be a runaway bride. And he was like, is she going to leave me at the altar? Is she going to leave me at the altar? But I showed up. And we got married. And things were going well. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. We had our ups and downs, just like everybody else. What year of marriage was the hardest for you? The first year. The first year. Yeah, first year and the second year. It was in the second year that I had you. Mm-hmm. I think we got married in 89, 88 or 89, somewhere in there. You have to because you had me in 90. Yeah, somewhere in there we got married. And in the second year I had you. And to me that's when everything started to fall apart. When you had me? It started to fall apart before that. And then things got better. We decided we want to have a baby. And we had you. And then all of a sudden, it fell apart again. 
Mm-hmm. Daddy started using drugs and yeah, it was miserable. Yeah. So I felt like I had to go looking for him until I decided, you know what, this is his life, not mine. Yeah. And after I made that decision, I decided to take you and me and we went to live by ourselves. Talk about when you found me in the crack house. Yeah. Uh, it was really, really bad. He would be gone, we were married, and all of a sudden he'd be missing for a week at a time. And then he'd show up. And I was new to this. I never knew what drugs look like coming up and, and what the symptoms or the, the, the way people look when they were doing it. and mm-hmm. how. So I happened to call up a drug hotline to find out what are the things that I look for if I have a feeling somebody is using, what do I look for? And they told me. So I started looking for those signs and and I saw them. Mm-hmm. And um, we tried to work through it by sending him to rehab. But at the same time, when I say sending him, it's like ultimatum, you go or else. But then I realized, you know what? This isn't going to work. He has to make that decision to go on his own. Mm-hmm. And no matter what I said or did, it was his life, his choice. It was his decision. It had to be his decision mm-hmm. to... Um, go on his own. Make things work for himself. Right. Instead of making it work for our family. Right. I kept telling him, you know what, sweetie, you need to make it work for you. By then, I wasn't calling him sweetie. This is just me filling in a piece of bits of life. It was not sweetie. It was, you got to get this fixed. Yeah. You have to get it fixed. Not for us. But for Wait, it's continuing. Yeah. So, basically, that's what it was. That I had to stop being the, how they call me. Um, I had to stop being the person that he could lean on right i had to stop being that person for him i had to walk away from it so he could take care of himself and eventually i did um in the third year so what was what was the day that you had him watch me and you well, couldn't find me he had just went into rehab he said he wanted to do it for himself he went into rehab. He was doing really well. But just as he came out, it was like that craving came back the minute he got money in his hand. It was one Christmas. I had went to work, and he was supposed to be watching you. And I told him I would meet you guys at the mall. As soon as I got done work, I went to the mall. I I searched high and low for you guys, but you guys were nowhere to be found. So I enlisted his the the help of his buddy. My godfather. Um Rick. It's okay. His my my daughter's godfather enlisted his help and he took me to where your dad was and you were in a crack house with your father. Was I left alone? I do not know. He said no. But 
How can he say when you He was were... high as a kite, too. Yes. So, he got you out, and he left him in there, and I brought you home, and I scrubbed you down like I never scrubbed you down before. And after that day, he could never, ever be alone with you again. Yeah. Because I, after that day, I no longer trusted him. Even before, I no longer trusted him because, of course, he stole my jewelry to pawn so he could take, get drugs. He took my wedding ring. He took, he gave me back my wedding ring initially. He took a beautiful ring that he had bought for me. He I took thought it. you pawned the stuff to get me no, diapers. Listen, no, no, no. He pawned everything. A beautiful ring he bought for me. I tell you, it was so pretty. This is it amethyst? He took it, an amethyst ring he had bought for me. He took it. And he was going to take the stuff that my dad had bought for me. And I asked him to please give that back to me. I went to the pawn shop and got back the wedding ring. And I put it back on my finger. Why? I don't know why I did that. But I wanted it. You gave it to me and you... No, I lie. He took it. He went back for the ring and got the ring back and gave mm -hmm. it back to me. So days when things were hard, I took that same ring, yes, and I pawned it. It meant a lot to me, but you being able to have food meant... More. More. So I was able to get you food from pawning that ring. And... It was at that time that I decided that, hey, look, no. Enough is enough. Yeah. Enough is enough. And in that third year, I filed for a divorce because I realized that, you know what? My daughter is far more important than the crap he is putting me through and the crap he's doing to himself. She is the one that will feel it in the end. I am not going to put her through that. And I decided <clears throat> I'm moving from here where you and I are and I'm moving to some place where me and my daughter will be. And I did that. And he wouldn't stop coming around. I asked him to sign the divorce papers. He wouldn't do it. And then he decided, okay, I'm going to sign it, but don't file it. Please don't file it. He begged me not to file it. So I let it sit there. Um, but my apartment was mine. He never got a key to it. If he wanted to come visit with you in my presence, he could come do that. So one day he came by and he was stone cold, drunk, and whatever else. And um, He had caught some funky thing, and when he came in, he rolled in drunk on my carpet when I opened the door, and I tried to get him up, he would not move, and I took you to Auntie Trissy, I took you to your aunt, and I decided I was going to file the divorce papers. I closed the door to my house, and I told him to find a way to lock my door and get out. You're not coming back here. And I left and I filed the divorce papers. Enough was enough. Mm -hmm. That was within the third year. And I barred him, not barred him legally, but I told him to stop going around. 
-hmm. stop coming around if he doesn't have anything positive to bring don't come anymore okay so So life after divorce he ended up in jail and within a period of time while he was in jail the divorce became final life after divorce was hoorah I was happy she said hoorah yes I did say hoorah because during the period of time when things were not well let me backtrack a minute because I felt like I felt like I was being a Catholic you know Catholics don't like to divorce and I felt really bad about that but I figured God would forgive me or however it goes because you are most important and I think but I feel like if you for didn't me in my life I felt like that was the turning point for him to to, to make me see mm-hmm. that hey look we need to restart your life without mm-hmm. him in it and there's and there's no there's no problem with I I think that, you know, growing up with religion is one thing, but I feel like a lot of people stay in relationships because of the sanctity of of marriage and because of what it means. But I didn't stay in it for that. God was with every decision. But this is what I'm saying. I relied on him so heavily. In that period of time and all throughout my life. But this is what I'm saying. Like a lot of a lot of people would stay for that reason because no. divorce because I'm Catholic. Divorce isn't you know, divorce is kinda of frowned upon and stuff like that. But I also have but to feel like I didn't care. I didn't but, care if it was gonna be frowned upon. But that's the thing, like there's he people left who, me alone. who 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 stay in it because of because of Most what definitely. their religion would say. Most definitely, but I just could not do it. You and at at the same time, I felt like I failed him when it came to um, the vows, you know, in in sickness and in health, and I felt that he was sick and I didn't stand by him. But at the same but time, you did I was as much as you could because I had you to take care of, and I did not want you to eventually see all the things that he was doing. And decide it's okay. Go down the same path. My, my, my whole thinking where you was concerned is that I had to protect you and you alone. Mm-hmm. You was my first. God was my first. You was my second, and I had to make sure that you were good, treated well, felt safe. Mm-hmm. The safety of you was my own concern. My only concern. Right. your safety and your well-being that was my only concern and I knew God would help me through it all he would help me through it all so being tracking I don't even know if you knew that while I was pregnant he left me stranded at work I feel like you told me about that I'm, I'm not sure I did he left me stranded at work twice once before I got pregnant mm-hmm um, we were supposed to go to Christmas party, and he left me stranded. And one of the workers from my job had to take me home hmm. because I had to prepare for a party that I had. Um, that you threw. 
notepad I had my boss had asked me to put together and I couldn't let him down. Mm-hmm. So I went home, I got dressed, I went to a party and when he came back, he was like, yeah, this and that and the other. And it's like, enough of the crap. And the next time, I might have been seven months or eight months pregnant and he left me to walk from my job. I walked, I chose to walk. He left me and I chose to walk from my job which was a distance away to grocery store to call somebody to pick me up because the doors were already closed. Mm. So, fast forwarding to uh, your upbringing, my upbringing, and being a single parent at this point. Single parenting is very difficult. I think every single parent would tell you that, even if they're rich, they'll tell you that. It's not easy. It is not easy. And I was lucky because I brought you home, back home to my home country, where I'm from. St. Martin, where we are currently. Plo, plo. And I was living with my mom, so I had like a village to help me raise you. It always takes a village to raise a child, that's what they say. Yes, so I had a village, I had my sisters, I had my mom, and they were my backstrap. They helped me um, raise you to the woman that you are today. We had a very rough time, Mm. a hard time. You know, the listening, the homework, the getting you to do it. It's like play was more important for Courtney than doing her homework. And that was my struggle. But in the end, it all worked itself out really well. I'm so proud of her today. I'm so proud of her today, the way she turned out. And I know she'll be a wonderful mom when that time comes. And... You know, it was hard. I struggled to put you in in a um, private school. It was hard, but it had to be done. Yeah. So um, I did it, and we worked ourselves through it. And what got me through it was, and I kept telling somebody, I'm, I found this little thing online where these people were carrying crosses all of them carrying crosses like a little cartoon thing they're carrying crosses and you know it's like lord help me carry my burden but every time he got to where he got the beard the burden was a little bit too heavy and he had to cut a piece of the cross off every time and then when it came to him to cross the mountain he he didn't have enough because yes and that gave me strength to carry my cross and my bird. You made it though. You made it. You're here. Praise God. You made it. You raised me. You went through a difficult time. But, you know. I did. You did. You got here. I'm raised. Every day. <clears throat> I thank God for it, of course. Because without him, it would have been impossible. But I knew with him, anything was possible. Don't cry, mommy. 
preaching was possible. So what do you like most about our adult relationship? That we're no friends. Yeah, my mom's my best friend, y'all. I love my yeah, poo. We can communicate a whole lot better than when you were a kid. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. You know, that, that, the relationship, let me just say this, that the relationship evolved. Yes. Most definitely into a beautiful one, and I like it, and I cherish it a whole lot. I think I think sometimes we... We still have our, we still have our moments. We still butt heads. I think we still butt heads because we're both... It's just funny, like, we're both super strong in, like, what we... We're very stubborn. Yeah. And so, you know, what she might not want, she just, you know, how she approaches things is not sometimes how I like to... How I would like and how I approach things sometimes not how she would like. But, you know, in the end... sometimes I feel... Sometimes I feel which is not the correct way. It's like I feel like you need to understand it my way, in my way only. Yeah. But I know that's not the correct way. But you know, as a I think it's harder, like as you know, you you watch your kids get older, you know, it's hard for you to let go go and realize that they're no longer children anymore. Yes, they are still your child. But at the end of the day they're adults and they have to lead their own life and make their own mistakes. And even though you may give them the advice to heed, you know, of what not to do wrong, they're still going to end up taking, you know. It's that, it's that point that I hate and I know that you guys have to do it. That, you know, even if I give advice, you won't heed it. But it's the part when you don't heed it and it goes wrong. It's just like it cringes me. It cringes you, but then it, at the end of the day... I know, and I know that. But then at the end of the day... It was we, a learning experience for It's you. a learning experience for us, but then at the end of the day, sometimes I think I'm like, damn, why I didn't listen to my mom. You understand? Why I didn't listen to my mom, but then at the end... Of, but then I also look at it as... it's supposed to be learning, but then next next time... You'll say the same, you know, you'll heed, you'll give them that warning because you know you've been through stuff and I know that you guys have to learn, Mm -hmm. that you have to learn from your experiences. But it's like, and they go and they do the same thing and it's like, eh, aren't they learning from what (laughs) What I mean, you know what? Time. We're we're learning, but it's just like we're learning how to make the mistake a different way to learn the different <laughs> lesson. <laughs> hey, Frank. We're recording a we're recording a podcast. Oh, cool. Yeah. Yeah. So, oh, but yeah. yeah, it's all it's all about it's all about learning. It is. And growing. And growing. Mm-hmm. But we're learning and growing together. Yeah. Mhm. And I'm just learning to back off and back off even more. But not not necessarily. But I don't want to back off too far. But yes, not but back off a little yes. bit. Oh, I thought he was popping gum. But anyways, um, it was a pleasure. I loved you on Michelle. No. Life now without you sucks. <laughs> but I'm here. But it's nice. It's nice to be able to leave and come back, and you to come and visit and things like that. 
I know. I love the visit. I'll definitely I say love you being, here. being here now, especially after you know the hurricane. It's oh a whole bunch. God, that was... Is 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 different, but at the same point in time, I feel. I feel blessed to know that this is a place that I grow up and it'll always feel like home no matter what happens to it. And, you know, it was an experience to come back and, you know, look at it at a year after. Um, but it definitely for me a cleansing experience because I'm, you know, have went through a lot of anxieties after um, Irma and things like that. But all together, you know, my mom raising me and everything else and, um, you know, my family helping raise me, you know, I have to also say that St. Martin in itself has also um, shaped me and who I am today as well. Um, and I'm thankful. Yeah. Saint I'm Mar blessed. St. Martin is unlike the States. It's, it's low key. You're not rushing to do things. No, and everything is and a rush. In the States. For me, that's what I wanted to get away from. Everything is a rush. Everything is Everything a rush. Everything is wanted, a rush. I wanted to see life pass by. I didn't want life to pass me, and then I, I watch it going. I think that's, it's, 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 that's where the sense of peace comes. When you're yes. here, you don't feel like... Because I, I have to think about when I, when I used to go to school, like... You hear you hear teens in the states talk about oh my gosh you know things so hard and this and that and the other but I'm like what's hard though like how I was raised and I like things I guess because it's like you the had a beautiful child the out the outlet is so different like when you come home like when I used to come home from school I used to come home yeah maybe maybe not do my homework right away but I used to come home take off my school uniform maybe walk the dog or I used to go down by the beach and just sit by the beach and just either watch the sunset or just listen to the water hit the rocks and that used to be my sanctuary now that i'm in the states i don't feel like i have that my home is my sanctuary but still sometimes you get like cabin fever and you just feel like you need to get out in something like i need to find that 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 peaceful place because i know when i come home the beach is right there and that's where I can go and I can be like, okay, let me sit down. Let me think. Let me re recuperate. Let me, you know, let all of it just, you know, wash over me. And I just don't feel like I could leave work and come home and feel like I still have the same stress. Yeah. And because I don't. It's, it's, it's like when I used to work before, um. It's like you come home and you bring that stress with you. But now I leave that stress at the door of my work. Mm -hmm. And I come home and I don't think about it until I go back the next day. Yeah. I wanted that peace of mind and that tranquil. Yeah. I feel like now I've been able to. And I so thank God for it. Yeah. I think now I've been able to, to do that leave it at home i was listening i was either listening to something or i read something where this guy used to come home and you know be so stressed from work or or whatever he went through and he had this tree outside um outside his front door so what he used to do before he entered his house he would touch this tree and so one of his friends say but why you keep touching this tree before you enter the house and he said 
that's my worry tree. I leave my worries at that tree and at that door. And I walk in and then that's it. Yeah. So that's where it's at. The until later guys this is dear society and a wonderful episode with my mom and i will talk to y'all later peace society